90's too busy yep. looking great. Facts. 90's the hottest guy in the world. Whoa, okay. Hey, nothing wrong with that, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, you don't want to leak. You don't want to leak. True. You're telling your stream, now they know your personal life. Landy's an absolute man rocket. What if your girlfriend heard you? She probably thinks the same yeah. thing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame her, man. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. <laughs> On today's show... We're talking about the absolute man rocket himself, not just his unbelievable good looks, but we're also talking about he's actually a pretty decent hockey player, as it turns out. So excited to get into that. AJ, you're muted. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> Before we get into any of that, uh, I will just like to reiterate that when in my uh, brief career over the last five years i have had to stop looking gabe landeskog in the eye when i interview him <laughs> get lost you, in those baby you blues get lost in the universe <laughs> that that man inhabits that is that is just unlike any other creature the earth has ever seen <laughs> and that i typically have to look at the wall behind him because if i just avert my gaze in other directions, like uh, the jawline is perfect, and I'm just like, "How's this so perfect?" Oh, and then like it's like pseudo red hair all over the place. Yeah. And it's like what in the world? I'm waiting for that question now. When they finally yeah. let us back in the locker room, there's just gonna, just gonna slip out one day. Hey, Gabe, why are your eyes so blue? <laughs> they're just they're. <laughs> They're the same. It's the same blue that inhabits the sky of my dreams. Okay. <laughs> it's the perfection blue. Amazing. That's the shade. Amazing. Blue. All the way around. You love to see it. It's not safe. You know why it's not safe to look at the locker behind him? Because the guy is such a good dude that he keeps fan mail from kids in his locker. <laughs> He's too perfect. It's like it's like drawings of him that he gets from fans, like from kids with. I'm assuming. It, <laughs> to be honest, it could also have been me. I also draw like I'm still six, so crayons and all, and they're all like, "Love you, Gabe," and it's just like, dude, is there anything? Do, do you have any flaws as a human being at all? It's the most unfair bullshit ever. <laughs> On that note, we appreciate the likes for the video. Be sure to like and subscribe. It really helps us out on the YouTube channel. You can hit that bell notification as well if you want to get notified every single time we go live. So, we've established Landeskog is an attractive, great human being. Now, so we've, we've, we've established that he is a top-tier hottie hot, hot, hot. He hot, he good as a person. Now we have to establish, apparently it's necessary to establish that he is also good at hockey. I mean, he takes... Do we do we start with the fact, the captain-y stuff? Should we start there? We can start there since we're already talking about how great of a human being he is, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are, Billy, first of all, those are two very different eyes. Well, and for the record, I've only met Peter Forsberg in person once. 
Uh, and it was, there were a bunch of people there. So um, I did not have multiple opportunities to just get lost in his eyes. All up there's, in it. Like, there's the like edge to Forsberg's eyes where there's that side of it where you think, this guy might just kill me. Like, he might want to kill me. Yeah, that's that's the that's the game show contestant in here. Yeah, exactly. Whereas with Landy, it's like uh, again, the man rockets are just blasting off every time you look into Gabe's eyes. But you know, okay. I see. A <laughs> uh, little bit different, but yeah, Gabe Landeskog has been the captain of the Avs for eight years. This is the eighth year now, I believe. Well, I had all this stuff pulled up, and then we started doing other things, and yeah, I believe it's eight. It's eight or nine. Yeah, it's eight, in a sec. I think it was 2012 13. Yeah, that was his first year. So, yeah, this would be year eight then. It's It's been a minute considering he's. Ninth. This is the ninth year. Not, it is nine. Okay. This is his 10th year in the NHL. That's pretty crazy. And he's only 28. <sighs> Must be pretty nice. Um,. Look, at the captaincy stuff is you particularly, AJ, have had the chance to see every side of this. You've mm-hmm. seen him as the captain of the worst avalanche team in history, mm-hmm. and now you get to see him as the captain of a, a perennial playoff team and cup contender. Yep. So uh, a little little different because we're not in the room. Sure. Uh, this year, and so we're not really, you know. We're coming up on uh, just about a year now since the last time I was in an NHL locker room because remember last year they shut them down early uh, and they were like bringing players into these weird press conferences that we were all sitting in and it was like, this is weird. Perfect practice for the waste of time that is Zoom. <laughs> is what it is, but yeah, you know, still get to talk to Landy. Yeah, um, just different, just, you know. For sure, for sure. The majority of my player interactions and the stories that I've been able to tell over the years, all that stuff happens organically in the locker room. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and not in scrums. You don't ever have a for sure. You, no, nobody can ever tell you a happy memory or a funny memory from a scrum. They, they just don't exist. Yeah. So, so, although my one story that I could tell from a scrum was Landy related. That is odd. Of course it's Landy, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's got that power. He has the yeah. ability. Even in a scrum. Um, I tell you. <laughs> what? It's, it's interesting to watch a player grow up as the captain of a hockey team, right? Yeah, it has been it has been odd, and it's why the idea of him being in his tenth year is kind of shocking. Uh, because, I mean, we you remember him on draft day? He just looked so young, little little baby Landy. Yeah, and they gave him the captaincy after that first year. Hayduke went and gave it to him, and was like, "This guy's the future. We want him to have it." Let's let's just turn it over now, and then I'll stick around for one more year and kind of show him the ropes. And it's been sort of his organization ever since. Did some ups and downs. They've had some problematic locker rooms, so it's not like it's not like it's been perfect. Uh, you know, it hasn't been a straight line of success here. Yeah, very true. But it 
it's gotten a lot better and I think they've really figured out the accountability and, and how to, how to set a tone in the locker room and how to get guys on board. And, you know, I did a feature on Landy a couple of years ago where I went and I talked to Ian Cole and I said, you know, you've been in locker rooms with lots of different guys. You know, he had David Backus was his captain and, uh, Sidney Crosby was his captain, you know, like he's, he's experienced some elite some talent. Different there, voices. Sure. Yeah. And, and I asked him, you know, how does Landis Scott compare? And he said, you know, of course, you know, of course he said that Landis Scott was at the very top of him, that he, he leads, you know, he has a commanding presence in the locker room and that he, he is kind of that voice that, you know, yep. just everybody just falls in line when he speaks. Everybody's like, "Okay, this they all get they all get lost in his eyes too." It's not just me, <laughs> and just a, a universally respected guy outside of Minnesota. Indeed, um, appreciate y'all being here. Good to have you back, Michael. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Zach, if you're looking to send us money, the best way to do it not on YouTube is probably to buy a subscription to dnvr either monthly six months a year depending on how much you want to give us yeah uh subscription to the dnvr.com we get 100 percent of the profits on that so true very nice if you want to do that um if you want to do a super chat of course we will always take those but i understand not wanting to give your money to youtube if you feel that way uh continuing with the landy conversation I see people talking about his uh, his trash talk ability, which doesn't come up often. But you know, when he has to tell a plug to go back on waivers, he can do it. My my theory here is that they play the ball the the noise in ball arena the way that they do, um, because they don't want to pop the bubble of the the facade. They don't want to they don't want to expose the world to in-game Landy. That Landy's actually a sick trash talker yeah, on the ice. Like <laughs> like expose him to the competitor that is Landy. <laughs> they want to keep the they want to keep it going that he's the perfect human being and he would never use adult language towards another person. <laughs> well, on the plus side he's not he even sticks into the stands on the regular. So there's he's no McKinnon, that's for sure. <laughs> I feel like McKinnon's harder on him. Like I feel like he talks more trash to himself than he does to anybody else. I think you're probably right. Or but... or teammates, because I've seen him eviscerate teammates and then have to go and be like, "I just want to win a cup, guys." I just my bad. I just got caught up in the in the in the heat of practice in December. So, I mean, you you get into this conversation of him being the perfect human being and at least to teams that you can consider being enemies of the Avs, he does have a little bit of a reputation as a player that crosses that line on occasion. Um, it is really weird to go on our hockey anytime Landeskog does something yeah. and to see people who are like, that guy's a scumbag, and you're like, what? Landy? Do you even know, Gabe? <laughs> but he is one of those players that <laughs> He does play with a physical edge to his game. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, he earned that suspension uh, yeah. when he blindsided Brad Marchand a couple of years ago. He earned For sure. that. 
what was messed up is that Marshan got up and punched him in the face and got nothing for it. Yeah. You know. But whatever. Not the point. Indeed. He has definitely crossed the line. You know, the he earned the suspension against Matt Kachuk when he crossed Cross Justin Cross the head. in the neck. Yeah. You know, and that was he's he's made a couple of dangerous plays in his career. So I think I think a guy that plays, you know, he's a guy that I don't I don't think he comes to the edge very often, but there are times where you see it come out in him where he just the moment overtakes him a little bit. And I mean, you have to, you have to have a little bit of that if you're a real competitor, right? Like, I'm pretty sure Tyson Berry was the one that ruined Simone Dupre's career, not Landy. But yeah, I thought that was the Dupre too, or rather Barry. Yeah, um, he got suspended for that hit. But anyway, but, not nice. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Ducks fans. The point, the like point is. He he plays he plays on the edge sometimes, but I think as he's gotten older, we've seen less and less of it. Um, yeah. Also, I think that that concussion in his second season forever altered the trajectory of his career. Because if you, you know, Landy was a was just his rookie year. It's so funny. The guy was just balls out. Yep. He was a total maniac. That's he to in his career. Uh, his rookie season career high in, sh- in shots on goal and hits. Pretty good. And to be honest, he hasn't gotten all that close to either one of them uh, since then. Uh, it's the only time he's ever surpassed uh, 200 hits in his career and 270 shots on goal. Like, and granted, a little bit of a different team. You know, he has he has Rantanen and McKinnon and. He's got shooters like Burakovsky and Kadri, Saad, and you know all that's around him. So there, there, you know, there's only one puck to go around a lot of talent now. So he doesn't need to shoot the way that he does. But even before all those guys showed up, you know, he was he got that concussion in his second season when uh, it was oddly enough Brad Stewart who elbowed him in the head at the blue line, and he's never been the same. Yep that that aggression and that all out mentality went away forever after that hit. Definitely toned down. And like you said, role has changed a little bit too, but yeah, it, there is a price tag to play full YOLO aggression. Uh, right. We see players burn out their careers and just not be able to do it anymore. Very early on relative to others that play that true power forward style of, I'm going to go right into the, into the damage every single play. Well, you see, you know, Matt Calvert is not a guy that we think of as a power forward, but he's a five foot 11 guy that plays with that level of aggression Yep, at all times at every turn. And he's absolutely that kind of guy who plays with that sort of engine and that mentality. And you see the, the price that it has, uh, exacted on Calvert's career. Calvert's hurt every season. I mean, we're talking about his career being in jeopardy right now at age 31. Yeah, because we don't know we don't know what's going on with you know he he came in wearing the pink visor to try and help. Um, so clearly, this is a guy that was worried about lingering effects of concussions. Now he's out because he just can't get the symptoms to go away. I mean, this is this is purgatory for a hockey player now. I mean, the price that it's taken on Matt Calvert 
for him to play that way. You know, it's yep. you almost think that being on the other side of it, it might have done Landy some good for him to get it so early in his career and to be okay. Just that to was, understand it, yeah. You know, the, the you know, him his second year in the NHL, we were not talking about concussions back then the way that we do today. Not even close. I yeah, mean. we weren't even having that conversation. Uh, you know, the league hadn't even come close to starting to lie about it the way that it does now. So it's just a very, very different conversation, a very different perspective. But he got it, missed the end of that year, missed most of that year, and then came back and, you know, been a different guy, but he's been remarkably consistent. And we will get into that as well as Ben's question a little bit later in the show. But first, we're sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there with a bunch of free money, essentially, to give to you this week. UFC 258 coming up this weekend. You can get 100 to 1 odds. Just pick who you think is going to take home the belt. If you're correct, bet a dollar, win 100 bucks, and go over for the Nuggets game on Valentine's Day. Hammer the over. Hashtag hammer the over. The last I checked was two days ago. Now I forgot to check yesterday, but it, the over was down to 34 points. Kale, I'm it, sure it has is, it is at zero. So it is, it is it, free money. It okay. is literally free money. The over is zero. So <laughs> the first basket of the night guarantees that you win money on the Nuggets. Go bet on it. Just uh, why not? It is that one is literally free money. You cannot lose money on that bet. So Go earn yourself a little bit of extra cash, a little bit of throwing around money with DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Be sure to use that DNVR code when you sign up for your chance to turn a dollar into $100 and get in on that hammer the over deal. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Again, be sure to use that DNVR code to let them know we sent you on over there. Choose your winner for the UFC. Bet on the hammer the over deal to get all the money for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. Rudo and AJ coming at you talking about Gabe Landeskog. Where do you want to? Where do you want to go next, AJ? Should we talk about his on ice metrics, or should we talk about the contract? Uh, a lot of questions in here about the extension. Um, I want to prove the worth first. So let's get into the numbers, is what you're yeah. saying. So I want to talk about. I want to talk about this stuff. So this is this is this this year. Yep. In eleven games, those are pretty good numbers. Uh, that plus sixteen percent. I believe i didn't go through every year of his career i went through a bunch of them and to this point it's the best in his career it's also only 11 games so context without him that colorado's offense not so great so the idea and and we've been vocal about this that landis with the puck this year really hasn't been great he's there have been some struggles a lot of turnovers but pretty good uh Still pretty encouraging on-ice impact that he's having here. Yeah. And when you look at 
the impact. If you watched yesterday's podcast where we talked about Sam Bennett, this is the difference between a bottom six player and a top line player. Like, yeah, a good point. <laughs> uh, Sam Bennett was had encouraging numbers, but we're pretty marginal when you compare them to Landis Goggs plus 16 on offense and then the <laughs> minus 17 on defense. Those are definitely, those are two extremes. Uh, and then the defense here, it's elite with Landy, and then you'll see that this is a common thing that yep. you'll see uh, this year with the Avalanche is that it doesn't really matter who's on the ice. They're the really, really good. is very, very good indeed. So certainly having um, the the defense the Avs do is is helpful. But Yeah, and a little bit worse with Landeskog on the ice, but still so freaking good that you're not having a conversation about it. You're not yeah. like, oh, my gosh. You also difference. like also look at the minute impact here. Almost fifty percent of the minutes tracked, Landeskog is on the ice for. So, yeah. munching defensive minutes at five on five for Colorado. Yeah, definitely a valuable consideration. Yeah, it's a lot of ice time. Yep, in eleven games. Yeah, three only three hundred thirty-two even strength, uh, or five v five without him. It's- there's a lot of other guys that play forward, you know. Yeah, a third. Sorry, math is not my strong suit. You have to add, not not divide. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you do divide, but after you add, never mind. It's fine. Forget it. Don't do math live on stream, kids. Um, yeah, you think it's easy when you're in the comment section and then you're on camera and your brain just turns off and you're like, <laughs> "Words and numbers, okay? <laughs> Shut up." Uh, Resco, there's absolutely an argument for that. Not the topic of today's show, though. Today, we're talking strictly about Landis Gug. Uh, Do we have his offensive numbers compared to, to Colorado's? Probably not, just because we don't need that. Uh, either way, this topic of Landis Gug struggling this year, as you mentioned, the turnovers are a little bit rough. But even with that, his production is just fine. Like... He continues to be effective with eight points in 11 games. Mm-hmm. I, uh, one of my favorite sayings from you, AJ, that come to these advanced stats is, look, advanced stats are great, but let's not forget the whole point of hockey is to put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. If you're not scoring goals, if you're not helping your team score goals, the rest of the numbers just don't matter that much. Yeah. I I do think the the thing on this chart that stands out to me was the power play. Yeah, plus plus six percent. Um, pretty good. Shooting this minus five—that sounds like the avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that somebody was able to put a number on it. Thank you, Micah. <laughs> and then great numbers when it comes to the penalties drawn as well. Uh, yeah. The entire Avs top line just absolutely excellent at drawing penalties. But look, this. <laughs> It's it's weird to me that we have to make an argument for Gabe Landeskog being on the top line. Yeah. Because, yes, he's not an Omega superstar like Nathan McKinnon. He's not a yeah. guy on a Hall of Fame trajectory like Miko Rantanen. But he's still really, really, really good at hockey. Yeah. He's really he's a really effective two way player, and I think that's what we're gonna um, we're gonna see here. I mentioned the consistency was remarkable. 
This is his 10th NHL season. He has eight, 20, eight seasons of 20 goals. Yep. The only season where he's lacking 20 Sorry. goals. Seven seasons of 20 goals out of the nine full seasons that he's played. Yeah, you're, you're correct. And the, and the two that he's lacking, his injury year. Yep. 36 and, games played where he only scored nine. And he had 18 and 72 in 16-17, which was not only the disaster year, but he missed 10 games. Could have gotten to 20 anyway. Yeah, the worst offensive team in modern history not named the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> nice. So, um, though that's it. Otherwise, he's had he's had a 20-goal year every single year. The other thing that I think he we, we underrate in his game is that he has 30 assists every year. Except, again... The, the second season uh, where he got hurt, and then the 16-17 season, the, the black hole of the season. And then last year, where his assist numbers were way down. And it was something that we talked quite a bit about. Yep. Uh, that, you know, last year his numbers really, the 44 points in 54 games was really salvaged by the last two months of, of his play from him, where he just amped it up to a totally different level. He had been really mediocre to that point, and then he scored a ton of points right at the end, and he was totally – he had gotten going and was back from injury, was healthy, was doing his thing, and was rocking and rolling. He was going to be – he was on He was on his way, and then, you know, the season stopped. But postseason went right back to it. 13 points in 14 games – although only two goals and was not a major impact player in the Dallas series. But I tell you, the guy, the guy just does what you want him to do. He is not the caliber of player of McKinnon and Rantanen. He's also not going to get paid like it. But when you look at the consistency year in and year out, it's rare. You just don't see guys that, that do this. And you look at his entire career. Entire career, you look at this thing. Look at the defensive impact, especially in the last last year and this year so far. Yeah, I mean that's insanity. I mean he's had some great years. You look at the the crazy year in thirteen fourteen. Look at that yep. negative thirteen point eight. That's nuts. <laughs> that's selkie territory. Yep. And I and talked then- about him last year as a guy that was a low key selkie candidate, and he's a wing. He's never going to get that kind of burn because when you look at a guy like Mark Stone, Mark Stone's numbers are like a negative 25%. So, you know, he's very, Landis Cog is very, very good. But even then, he's not absolute tip top in the league. But that's kind of the story of his career, right? He's just yep. a very good all around player. There aren't many weaknesses in his game. And he, he may not have that really, really high end, but he also doesn't go crashing through the floor. This is a right. guy that you rely on for certain things, and more often than not, you get it. Uh, a couple of interesting conversations in the chat here. First of all, Micah talking about uh, in a regular year, he outscores the second-line players by a good margin. Um, the only one who really kept up last year was Burakovsky, and, you know, we could do a whole show on Burakovsky and what he might be these days, but Landy falls into this category of 
how many teams in the NHL have a better third wheel than the Avs do in Landeskog? Yeah. Maybe Tampa, maybe, maybe Boston. Boston, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, because if you look in Tampa Bay and you talk about like Stamkos, uh, Point, and Kucherov, Kucherov yeah. you're talking about some really high end guys. Yep. You know, Boston uh, with Marchand and Bergeron and Pasternak, you you worry a little bit about their longevity because sure. they're start they're they're in their thirties. But otherwise, Colorado's top line is is where it's at. Yep, it's not. This idea that's been floating around that the Avs need more out of Landeskog just simply isn't true, is, is the point I'm trying to make here. Like, would you like to get more out of him? Of course. But do they need it? No. But are they, like, hurting for Landeskog to take the next step somewhere? No. As long as if Landeskog just continues to be who he's been throughout his career, you're thrilled with that. Now, Landeskog, the year that he had two years ago, the 75 points in 73 games, this is a great example of why teams love to pay players in their mid to late 20s. Because especially guys who have been around the league a long time, this is a consistent thing that you see in the league. Guys, their career years very frequently will come between the ages of 25 and 28. Yep. It happens all the time. It is a, especially for guys who are not the super omega elite of the league. You see that that's when things just click with those guys. That's where the that's where the strongest years of their career come from. And Landeskog is no different. I think it's his only thirty goal season of his career. Correct. And his only point per game season. The only year that he's even really come close to being a point per game guy. Yep. And last year, last year I think is probably the second closest that he's come. And then this year, eight points in eleven games, he's doing his thing. So there are frustrations. There are there are nitpicks to make, but the the idea that the Avs need more from him, or that they're not getting their money's worth, or that they're not getting value out of him, it's just not true. Yeah, it, I one hundred percent agree that Landy's doing exactly what the Avs need him to be doing, essentially. Um, We can take our second period break there and let you guys know about Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can head on over to StravaCraftCoffee.com. Use code DNVR20 to get 20% off. The CBD is non-psychoactive, and it's been known to help with many different aches and pains, including migraines, IBS, back pain, joint pain, other things as well. So you can give it a try today. You can also head down to the DNVR bar where we have cold brew Strava Craft coffee ready to go for you if you want to give it a try down there. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's start to drift towards the, the contract conversation. We have a number of comparisons here. Gabe Landeskog versus similar players, either it be in contract value or in a team role. This first one here with Chris Kreider, a comparison from the 1920 season, to be clear. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the context and the the REL stats is where Landeskog just absolutely excels. 
yeah, and I'm even even in the underlying numbers here, you know, he's he's generating a lot of offense. The individual point percentage and the penalty plus minus is, you know, yep, it is what it is. Like Landis, does Landis Cog take too many penalties? Yeah, I think that you could make that argument. Definitely, uh, he draws he draws some, but he takes plenty of them, and you would like to see him clean that part of it uh, uh, up as well. Um, IPP has never really been something I've cared too much about, so I'm I'm good on that. Um, but you look at relative to the teammates, and you look at even the defensive metrics are through the roof. His his defense, and I think the stat that I really love here: TOI versus Elite. Landeskog goes out there and does that against the best players in the league, night mm-hmm. in and night out. Every single night on that first line, Bednar loves to match best on best. And Landy is the guy when it comes to playing defense on that line, as far as his expected impact and expected role on the team. Look, there's a reason why Landy plays defense on that line, because you let the explosiveness of McKinnon and Ranton do the thing in the offensive zone and you have Landy rounded out. Yep. So he fits in so well and it's it's just great all the way around before we get to our next comparison i did want to get to this question i forgot edwin asked about landy having a chance to make the hall of fame it would be really tough um the avs how landy makes the hall of fame is the avs become a dynasty (laughs) like that's the only way he has a chance yeah um his statistical profile is nowhere near good enough. Yep. It's just not, it's not even within the realm of a hall of fame player. Um, They would have to win multiple cups and he would have to, he would probably have to have probably multiple consmites. Like it would have to be a, we've, we, we've seen it. A guy like Claude Lemieux, um, it has that kind of profile and still not is not in the Hall in. of Fame. Yep. Um, and for me, and I don't know that he, I I don't know that that Lemieux belongs. I think it's an interesting argument, but there are some other guys I'd put in first, like Pierre Turgeon. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Landeskog, no. Yeah. Uh, all-time Avalanche great, a retired jersey, definitely. Um, all of that stuff. I think he's perfectly on track for that i think whenever he signs his next long-term extension as long as he plays it out he's likely he's likely to have that kind of legacy in colorado and deservedly so but uh a a hall of fame i don't think so the international career also has not been so amazing that it overwhelms yeah so I would just say, like that one world championship win that they that Sweden was really excited about. <laughs> not gonna, just, not gonna do it. Yep, it's not enough. It's not enough of an international profile to push him over. So I would say that's probably not realistic. It would it would take a major, major, major uptick in produ- production for a long time. He would have to have the kind of second act in a career that like like what Tim Thomas did in Boston, like where he just randomly is elite for a bunch of years. His career longevity, 
of effective play goes as long as Haydukes does, he's still not making it in. I think yeah. that's the reality. Like Hayduke is a great example of a guy who yeah. was always kind of on pace for the Hall of Very Good. Yep. And had he played for another half decade, maybe it becomes a conversation. But well, and had he, I mean, at that point, he becomes the Patrick Marlowe compiler conversation, right? Exactly. Where the guy plays fourteen hundred games, and you're just like, Jesus, this guy just didn't quit. Yep. And he ends up, you know, he ends up backing his way into twelve hundred points or something because he scores thirty five a year, but he does it for seven years into his 40s and you're just like golly how does this dude keep putting up 35 points yeah exactly (laughs) uh so we can get back into the comparisons here i don't know which one's next but can anyone really compare to a man rocket i mean honestly we know we know off the ice the answer to that is no here is an interesting one with uh brendan gallagher who did sign uh his new deal this last off season Galley, I think Galley is an interesting one uh, because he got six and a half million, and that's kind of the range where we want to talk about. Um, six and a half million is sort of the the contract extension range, right? But Gallagher, he scores more goals than Landeskog does. He he has a couple thirty goal seasons, uh, but he has nowhere near the all around offensive profile um, as a as a playmaker. This, I mean, this is goes to show you get Gallagher's kicks ass, and he's a really good player. Yep. <laughs> and given that, given that Landeskog has consistently outscored, just outscored Gallagher, um, I think that that's there's a reason we picked that number. Um, it just goes to that six and a half. Landeskog has every reason in the world to look at the the six and a half of Gallagher and say. That's you the floor. That. Yep, for you sure. You just got to give me more. I won't even take that. I've had a better career than that guy. Um, and then Kreider also was in that range, and so that's why. That's why I picked those couple of guys, and then um, whichever one we have next, because I I know we picked a couple here. Yeah, there there are two more that I think we have. Um, I'm not sure. I know one of them's Jamie Ben. I'm not sure what the other one is. But I also don't remember, despite being the one who compiled them. <laughs> you love to see it. Yeah. All right. Well, here's, so here's Jamie Ben. Yeah. Here's Jamie Ben and Jamie Ben on here as a similar kind of guy um, that we talk about, uh, but got paid for being for leading the league and scoring, something that Landis Gog did not do and will never do. Yep. Uh, ben got that kind of contract and then has slowly gotten worse over time. Um, hip surgery playing a big role in that. Um, it led to led to the physical decline there. Now, we've seen a bit of a resurgence from Ben in the postseason last year, and maybe he just needed some time off. Maybe the pandemic is what he needed to kind of re- get his body healthy for the first time in a long time and bounce back. But even then, that guy's making $9.5 million. No chance in hell Landis got get I mean, that. Right, that's... Jamie Ben is the fear when you extend a, a power yep. forward, right? Like that's what he's, you don't want to happen. He's on there because Ben has been consistently decreasing up until this very, very recent uptick. Yep. He's got like three or four years in a row where he's gotten worse statistically. And that's, that's your fear is that you give Landis Gog a seven year deal and immediately his play just starts going like this. Yep. 
Michael, thank you for the super chat. Much appreciated. That's true. Landis Cog may not make the Hockey Hall of Fame, but the Male Model Hall of Fame, absolute man rocket award inductee, first ballot, easy. Easiest Hall of Fame ever for Gabe on that one. Um, yeah, is, is, there a, is there a Male Model Hall of Fame? I doubt it. Anyway, Andrews Lee being the last one. Uh, so I used... Anders Lee has long been my contract comp for this guy. Yep. Uh, for the situation, and that's the only reason I put him on here. So, Landy comes out ahead of all these cats except Gallagher. Yeah, I I would agree pretty pretty safely. Uh, you'll notice you're comparing a couple of captains here too, and Jamie Ben and Anders Lee. Yep. Uh, so. I think the comparisons are pretty easy when you tar- start talking about that $7 million range. For yeah, and Scott. somebody said, somebody uh, earlier said that, oh, I if he's been that, you know, he's been that consistent, he should get the same contract that he has now. Um, okay, I would be okay with that. Because if you look at when he signed his deal, that seven-year $39 million deal, at the time it was signed, that was 8.66% of the maximum cap hit. If you apply that same exact contract, 8.66 uh, million, that comes out to a cap hit of just over $7 million per year. Hmm, interesting. So I think that is where both sides should be starting. The only difference is, is that contracts, long-term contracts are signed with the idea that the cap would go up throughout it. Yeah, And this contract might get signed with the idea that the first three years of that deal, that may not be true. And that might be the only hope that the abs have of getting that contract into the 6.5 or 6.75 range. But when you look around the league and you talk, you talk about, oh, is Landis God? Because the, the conversation my mentions the other day was he's only worth $5 million. First of all, he's not taking a pay cut at 28 years old coming off of, you know, two or two, two of his three most prolific years have been the last couple of seasons. Yeah. It's not happening. He's not taking a pay cut. That's unrealistic. Um, they've got plenty of money to sign Kale McCarr this off season. That's the nice part about them having those contracts. end at the same time is that they can plan for them at the same time. They've got questions in the future about McKinnon's contracts, about, you know, a lot of projection involved here, but Bowen Byram's next contract. Those are all fair questions here. But I think when you start looking at the, when you start looking at the league, you start looking at, at Landy's career and his value, six and a half to seven is not only perfectly fair, but it's what he's going to get. Yeah. I, it really does seem pretty straightforward. Uh Landis Gog's contract negotiation. You've talked about the confidence within the team. Mm-hmm. It sure feels like things are going to get done pretty easily. So it does. Um, length. I think the length on this one is going to be maybe more important than the AAV for sure, because the difference between five and seven years could be massive. You don't yep. know what kind of player Landis Gog is going to be in his mid thirties. You give him a seven year deal. You could be having the conversation that you are with Eric Johnson right now. At where you're like, yeah. you're like, look, he's just not worth six million dollars. He's worth, you know, he's worth more like four to four and a half million dollars right now to us. 
and that extra mil million and a half could be applied elsewhere. You know, maybe maybe it's not four million dollars. Maybe it's more like three and a half. But whatever, whatever your value of EJ is these days, that's that contract. I think should serve as, hey, the the seven is maybe uh, maybe a touch too far. Maybe let's do five instead. And then after the five-year deal is done, we can go smaller contracts from there. Yep. That way we're we're doing right by you, but we're also doing right by do the perpetual one-year deal where you can play with us as long as you want. It's just Yeah. And yeah. we'll continue to pay you at a commensurate rate for your production, uh, but we'll just do it on a one-year term and we'll just go year by year and see how this goes. Yep. Um yeah. So AAV expect about 7 million ish length. Maybe we'll see exactly how that ends up, but you know, either way, it's definitely a man rocket contract. Yes, chat. I agree. Uh, (laughs) I mean, if the abs win the cup, you don't care anymore, right? Like you just pay everybody a billion dollars and deal with the consequences after you win the cup. (laughs) It's just part yeah. of the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you want to win it this year. Get, start getting some of these overpayments out of the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I think the point, the point that I definitely want to make here, though, is that it, the idea that $7 million or whatever for Landeskog being too much, I think is nonsense. Because if you let Landeskog walk over financial concerns, okay, now you have to replace him. Now you yep. have to replace a guy that's going to give you a, a a baseline of 20 goals and 30 assists every year. Go find one. Now you have to go find one. Think about how much work they've had to do to go out and build their second line with Kadra and Sad and, and uh, Burakovsky. How hard they had to work and it took them a couple of years to do it. Now they've got to go out. They've got to find another one of those guys. Like I'm, I'm as excited with, uh, about Alex Newhook as anybody, but he can only replace one of those dudes. Right. He can't replace Kadri and Saad and Landeskog. He just can't. I mean, so you, you're either trading to get somebody to replace Landeskog, and then you're trying to figure out what, what are they going to make? Or you're signing somebody in the offseason in free agency who's Landy right now is arguably the best forward available in free agency. This 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 off season. So now you now if you go out and you get rid of that guy, now you know you're getting worse. But you're still paying a free agent price for it. It's when you look at the Ev system, the Evs do not have a winger that even if you believe in the the maximum upside, the Evs don't have a winger in their system that can replace Landy one for one. No, I mean best case scenario. For some of these guys, Sampo Ranto, I think best case scenario is that he becomes what Burkowski is. Yeah, agreed. But best are... case scenario for Alex Bocage, I think, is he becomes what Josh Anderson is in Montreal. Middle six goal scorer type, yeah. Yeah, a bigger it's... guy that can that can. I but... I think he can add a little more oomph to his game. Sure, but Landy brings such a unique skill set to a yeah. top six not only consistent player, but defensive ability on, on the wing. It's, it's what everybody chill out in the chat a little bit <laughs> chat popping like, off over here. Well, it's just like the super like 
Can you guys just take it down a notch? Take about 15, 20% off the top there. Yeah, you guys are having like this like meme war with each other and just ease off the throttle, homies. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes sometimes this is a serious abs podcast on occasion. <laughs> um, moving into the final thoughts, we do have some news and notes around the league. First of all, the abs are not going to acquire Sidney Crosby. It's just fi- not financially not feasible. Crosby Crosby's contract is it runs through his age thirty seven season. Yep. At what is it eight point seven whatever Correct. whatever whatever eighty seven yeah his favorite number yeah well and he's got you know I don't I don't know if there's any like Landis you know Landis Cox contract is five five seven one four two nine and you're like is that your full number like what the <laughs> hell is this it's such a random number. I don't know. Is it just eight seven? Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So uh, also the the whole hype about Darren Drager mentioning it, he literally was like, "Oh, if they don't make, if they don't make the playoffs, maybe he'll want to go somewhere." I think the Rangers or Abs or Colorado would make sense. It's not exactly there's throwing a log on the rumor mill there. Yeah. It- even if the Avs did make sense as a team for him wanting to go to, there's no way the Avs are freeing up an extra eight million in cap space. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Landeskog being a problem in trying to fit him into the cap. I'm, I would be all for Sidney Crosby and you know the Halifax and all you know the the Avs collecting every Nova Scotia player. Yeah, in thank existence. you. Not Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, <laughs> Yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> it'd be a fun story, but oh my god, am I already tired of it? It's what do you even what do you even make that out to be? Yeah, I don't. Like, how do you how do you value that guy? It's it's right. he'd be he'd be overvalued in a deal Unless... because of his name and his accomplishments, but. Current current contract status and and age and all that. <clears throat> Unless the the Penguins were literally giving him away, like yeah, and and like Nazem Kadri coming back in return, like it, this this conversation already makes my brain hurt. And the comment was so innocuous that this shouldn't have legs. Kill it. Let yeah. it go. Um, all right. We do have one more thing to show you here. This is the bat signal. If we are ever kidnapped and we have to make a sports related tweet in code, our man blaze has the bat signal. This is, if you see any of us tweet this, you know, we need help. All right. (laughs) Quinn Hughes over Kale McCarr is the emergency. Send help. Someone please. Yep. That or Andre Svechnikov sucks. That's for AJ specifically, but yeah, sure. That would be very specific to me, but yes. <laughs> Mass Effect is bad. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I guess. I love the Alliance. Oh, oof. oof. <laughs> I don't think humans have ever said that. Yo, there are people out there. Hey, I, I mean. 
we could get into this, but I'll save my conspiracies for Free Skate Friday. <laughs> yeah, uh, look forward to that tomorrow. Um, we are doing hockey conspiracies for Free Skate Friday. Should be an interesting show. Get come ready, chat, with your conspiracy theories because we wanna we wanna dive deep. I want facts and logic. Okay, I want to break down these conspiracies to a ridiculous level. Yep. Um, that's the show for tomorrow. Hope y'all will join us for that. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video. Again, it helps us out a ton if y'all do that on the YouTube channel. Uh, We are going to get out of here with Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area, just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. You can get your cleaning x-ray and exam with them, and they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. Shout out Allie Monroy getting her wisdom teeth removed tomorrow. So... You know, she's going in for the big procedure there. Also, shout out to Kale, our super producer, working on this show. We'll be working on Free Skate Friday tomorrow. Man behind the scenes. They call him on the Rockies pod, Tech Boy? They call him Tech Boy? Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but Tech Boy is my name on the Rockies pod. I Super producer Kale's with the rest of the company calls me. All right. It sounds we'll, like a much cooler name. Yeah, we'll stick with Super Producer. There. Tech Boy, Tech Boy is like the worst superhero name ever. <laughs> yeah, Tech Boy and B Day Girl. <laughs> oh, our production team. I'm I'm sorry for whoever gets hired for that job. Yeah, their nickname is going to be bad. Whoever it yep. ends up being. <laughs> yeah, going to be bad. Uh, anyway, thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. If you're not watching on YouTube, highly recommend you do. That's the best way to consume the podcast. But we are out of here for the day. We'll see you for Conspiracy Friday tomorrow.